Hi, it's Brad from Headbangers. Today we've got Jasper and Zach from Beyond Extinction. They're a really interesting band. We talk about how driven they are, how motivated they are. We also talk about the new EP that's going to be launched in March. It's going to feature some very interesting elements that they haven't played around with yet. We're very excited to hear it. And we also talk about some very funny gig stories and who would be least reliant in a zombie apocalypse. Um, but without further ado, here's the episode. And also don't forget, like and subscribe if you like to support us. We're also on Patreon if you want to head over to there. Um, and yeah, also we're also on social media on everything is Headbangers Podcast except for Twitter, which is Headbangers Pod 1. Um, so yeah, hope you like the episode. Don't forget to leave us a comment of what you thought and let's begin. Hey, Welcome back to the Headbangers Podcast where your host Nathan and Brad here today. We're joined by Jasper and Zach from Beyond Extinction. How are you guys doing to start off with? Hello, good. Life is good, man. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I think I'm, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of Zach, but he's probably sat just recording demos all day, so he's probably pretty good as well. I uh, genuinely, that's <laughs> exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know each other too well. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, great to have you guys on. Um, I want to start off with a little icebreaker. Um, what's your funniest gig or tour story that you can recall? You've yes. asked a good band this question, bro. Oh, oh. oh can on. we do one each? Is that cool? Yeah, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Isaac, you go, you go first, man, because I, I think I know what yours is going to be already. Yeah, well, okay, This the, the second one's probably going to pale in comparison <laughs> with this one, but this is the story. So um, we're playing in Southampton, and this was the first show that Jasper had ever put on uh, with us headlining. And we had Virgin Witch and Existentialist playing. Up until our set, everything had gone so smoothly. It was perfect. The stage was set for an amazing Beyond Extinction set. And um, we finished the first song. And then, so I was playing, I was playing the outro and I looked over at Jude, the other guitarist, and he was just on the floor. And I thought he was just like messing with his pedal board or something. And I looked back about 10 seconds later, he was still on the floor. I was like, oh no, what's, what's going on here? Turns out he'd stomped on the ground a little bit too hard and just popped his knee straight out. Oh, oh my God. First no song of the set, and he just <laughs> popped it straight out, and he was lying on that stage for seven hours until the ambulance came. Fucking hell! Okay, jeez. <laughs> we sat we sat in that room literally until five <laughs> in the morning, and by the time the ambulance showed up, we've been waiting this long. But by the time the ambulance showed up, his knee had popped itself back into place anyway. <laughs> so like they were like, "Oh, we need to put, put his knee back in," and they looked at it like, "Your knee's not dislocated anymore." And we've been sat there for seven hours. Shout out to our photographer, Josh Wagner, for literally, like, we, we, we paid him to photograph a set and he was sat in a venue until five in the morning holding due hand, waiting for an ambulance, which is I like... Got my, I hope we got a pay raise for that. Yeah, yeah, for real. It was like the best value for money any photographer has ever, like, ever done, man. It was, uh, yeah, pretty sick. That, that would have been my choice as well, to be honest, for, like, a gig story, because yeah. um, I don't really top that. I mean, we've got, like, a few... We've got a few pretty good ones. I mean, I'm going to go, like call it kind of like a, a recent one we were on tour with our mates glower uh, in december shout out to those guys sick band um like hardcore melly that's fucking dope um and we were playing in, in bournemouth and like half of us were like plagued ill like we were so unwell but it was um our merch guy riley's 21st and the venue we were playing at the anvil was open till 5 a.m and we we're like bro we've got to go out we can't like not do it so we uh we got 
like absolutely steaming on this night out. It was it was brilliant. It was like a night a night to remember. And um, we got back to this travel lodge room at like five five in the morning, and we were we actually went to our van, did a bit of drinking, did a bit of you know all the sort of stuff that bands do, which I'm not going to specify yeah. for PG reasons. <laughs> so um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and and Niall, uh, Niall, Niall picked up a bit too much of what was put down, and uh, decided just to walk out of the van and lay in the middle of this car park at travel lodge. And we're like, where's this guy gone? Because it's so dark. And we find him laying there. We're like, you good, man? He's like, yeah, man, just leave me here. I'll go back to the hotel room. It, bear in mind, it was it was snowing. It was like actually snowing. It was like negative three or something. It was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll find you back in there. And we stood by these bins for like 35 minutes while he basically had to like recover himself, like just mentally to walk back to a travel lodge room. Um, it was like daylight by the time I went to sleep. We had like three hours sleep. Had to drive to Bristol the next day. Everyone had caught this illness. It was like the worst. And I've just got this image seared in my mind of Niall laying in a car park at a travel lodge, just like, ah, it's cool, man. I'll meet you in the hotel room. Don't worry about it, bro. I'm all good. Yeah, it was chaos, man. It was it was it was a good night. Retrospectively, a good night. That uh, that reminds me of because um, I had a, I had a similar experience with like one of our, one of my old mates, uh, Lewis, who used to be in, in my band. He used to be the bassist. And Brad had a front row seat to this because he was doing some filming for us. Um, oh, I remember now, yeah. It's yeah. coming back. <laughs> we, were do- we were doing like, we are just doing some demos at Pirate. And uh, Lewis back goes to like Aldi, does like a full week shop. And we're like, that's fucking, I was like, all right. And he's there like, gets like, we were all drinking in the studio anyway. But he just like one up to us. So he gets like this fucking petrol level, like whiskey from Aldi. And like pours it into like this like this coke, and he's just drinking it. Then just like disappears, like and he's gone for like maybe an hour, and we're there like, where Lewis is? Comes <laughs> On back studio time, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> studio time. I'm like, where the fuck's Lewis? And he comes back, and he's like, you could tell something had happened because his like beard was all wet, and we're there like, Lewis, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, 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 fine, fine. Was there like, are you fuck? Are you sure you're all right? You're like, yeah, yeah, fine. I'm like. Have you thrown up? And he's like, no, no, no. We went into the toilet. It looked like a fucking Picasso painting. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was fucking everywhere. And we were there like, yeah, you definitely fucking threw up. And then afterwards, we find him like just outside, passed out next to the studio. And he would just be like, just leave me here. Is that like, we can't. It's like, mine. again, minus three. <laughs> and we were there like, we're not leaving you here. And he like, no, no, I'm fine. And when I... Guitarist drove him home. He opened the fucking door to his car to throw up whilst on like a motorway, and was sticking his head out at like six. He was it, the guitarist. Like I'm never fucking driving home after that. <laughs> he looks like the guy who's like infected in the zombie film but doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. for real, man. It's like what's the the old guy in um in uh, uh Shaun of the Dead? You know when he gets bitten and no one knows he's sat in the car. His yeah, eyes yeah. go white and shit. <laughs> Mate, there's footage of it. Brad filmed like the whole thing. He was going to do like a like a vlog, like a studio vlog. And like, when we were doing interviews, you could just hear, and like, it was him throwing up from being like fucking pissed. So we were there, like, it, it is, legendary. it's remained like, even though he's not in the band, like the funniest like story from like us being a band, being like, oh, yeah, that time we always got shit first doing demos. 
Uh, it's just stayed as a, a segment sort of story. It's, bond, it's bonding memories, and that's what it is. Like, you know, these are the things that bring us together. Like, you know, I remember the first night, uh, we've just gone on a total tangent talking gig stories and stuff like that, but I'll, I'll kill it off this one. Um, the first ever proper writing session we did as a band, Zach was like four years old or some shit. And um, we were at our, our drummer, Niall's house. And like, we're none of us of that age where we did any regular drinking at all, but we were like home alone. We were like, bro, we've just written like the sickest music ever. For context, it's like not even on streaming platforms anymore because it's so bad. But at the time, we thought it was really good. <laughs> Wrote this like, like literally like a song and a half. We're like, yes, fucking, let's get, let's get annihilated. So Zach and Niall, I drank a lot less than them because I was like, I don't want these guys to die and, you know, no one's there to look after them being mature you know i'm like and um zach and niall got to the literally the point of no return i've never seen people in like such a debilitated state and um zach is the time we were, we were still all at school and uh zach like niall had been sick loads and then zach was like oh you could tell he's gonna go so this guy gets down the corridor as fast as he can and niall's house had like this huge long corridor on it and there's nothing in the corridor the entire way through apart from niall's school blazer just hanging at the end of it that's it and zach runs the whole way and then just literally just makes it to the door and like spews this like black jet black liquid everywhere <laughs> like this thing is like just destroyed and i found him in the morning with like an inch thick layer of this stuff over the entire bathroom floor laying there and i was like oh zach like are you alive man and he just sort of grunted and i was like yeah, yeah he's cool i'll leave him there it was, <laughs> that was bad. That was a, yeah exactly he was he was still breathing like it was all good <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, amazing they are normally right really really good bonding experience like one thing I wanted to ask you, I, I saw obviously on your your Instagram that one of your tracks got featured on a uh, Kerrang Radio. What was that sort of like seeing that? Uh, because I know that it's probably like on the bucket list of every like metal band in the UK, really. Uh, so what was it like seeing you your track on Kerrang Radio and like knowing people got to to listen it through there? It's pretty pretty mad, isn't it? I mean, we had so the first time it happened was God Complex, which is the first single of our last EP, and um, that was like we'd basically never had any sort of press coverage by then. And so that was, that was mad for us. That was really, really sick. And then, um, yeah, when Eyes of God got on it, that was a, that was super cool as well because we've been waiting to put this music out for so long. And it's just nice when you get that validation. Cause we're like, man, we've, we've sat on it for ages, you know, and, um, you don't want to release it and it kind of flops. You think, fuck, what were we waiting for this whole time? Um, am I all right to swear? Sorry, I didn't even ask that question. Of course, yeah. 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 I mean, we're too right deep now, if not anyway. The podcast <laughs> yeah. cancelled it. Um, we've had uh, quite a few people ask that and we're like, you can do whatever you want. Nice one, sweet, awesome, good stuff. I like the liberal approach for all sweet. But yeah, um, yeah, man, like getting on Kerrang's Mega, that was just like, you know, seeing when you listen to the radio show, like you stay up and you listen to it and like you hear a hit. Like I've heard that song so many times from demo form all the way through to release, but it never sounds as good as it does when you listen to it on, on Kerrang. I mean, like it's just, as you'd expect, it's just so sick, man. And it's like to be appreciated by anyone is really like humbling but to have it come from someone like alex baker who's like you know that guy he knows the the metal scene and the alternative scene in england and he, he said some really nice things like he, he was just sort of like every time he played it he was just kind of laughing about how heavy it was and i love that because <laughs> that's the sort of reaction we wanted is just like we just make silly heavy music and he clearly got it for what it was and it's just like exactly as, as you wanted the reception to be really Absolutely. I think it's good that not only that it was got played on Krang, but he also like understands it and you know he compliments it at the same time. So no, I can imagine that was like very refreshing and shows like you know hard work paying off as well. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I want to ask as well, um, because I know that I don't know if you're still doing it, but you're a you're a vocal coach, aren't you, Jasper? Yes, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had one lesson from you. You did, you did you... ages ago, <laughs> years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to ask, like, as a vocal coach, you know, what are the three mistakes that you think like young 
like vocal coaches make you know they first get into it like what's the three things that they they get wrong like most like of the young time? young vo- like young vocalists or people that are new to like doing vocals and stuff yeah people just like fresh to the vocal scene what what are they um, doing wrong for number one is listening to people that have been doing it for 15 years and trying to sound like that straight away that's the first thing because you can't go listening to like crazy music which has been decades in the making and then uh be like yeah i'm gonna try this for like a week and get there because it just kills your like own personal momentum with it um i'd say second one would be um like waiting until you've got it perfect to start doing anything like you have to get that midpoint where you don't want to expect things too early and, and try and be crazy too early but also let yourself learn by doing it like when i started doing it i was fucking god awful i was terrible i can't believe anyone came to listen to us like the first year and a half us playing any shows at all to be like stupid people right don't know why i wasted time, <laughs> time on that but i had to do that to learn everything because you learn by experience like you know I, i've always been a believer like you do the you get the best outcome when you just practice stuff by doing it. So, you know, people get nervous and understandably about, you know, not wanting to look like a dick and doing it wrong, but get started. But, you know, if you can play shows, if you can practice with your band, it doesn't matter if you're not perfect. Like no one is to begin with. Um, just get into it. Um, and then I'd say third would be um, trying to emulate people. So obviously kind of linked to what I said at the start, you know, people expecting to hit the levels of like a crazy good vocalist immediately. But also like when you're learning, a lot of people say to me, yeah i want to sound like this guy i want to sound like that guy you know i want to sound like she does whatever and it's like that's great and it's good to take influence but everyone's voice sounds like very individual and like i'm really sick of telling people like you don't sound bad you just don't sound like that person and it's just like you know there's so much of it like you look at metal vocals as a whole anyway the fact that anyone listens to them most people would say why would anyone listen to that it sounds terrible <laughs> like if that's what th- those people are saying but pe- you know like if you show the average person a behemoth song they'd be like that's fucking horrible sounding why do you want to listen to that and then you go to blood and there's 20,000 people that are loving it and it's like the same with anything you can listen to your own vocals and be like oh man um yeah this doesn't sound like so and so it doesn't sound like who I want it to be it's like don't worry about it sound like you and there'll be people out there to listen to it who'll go yeah that's pretty good and you can improve and you can change but just don't ever try and emulate something and think you're failing if you're not hitting exactly what it is absolutely yeah but i think it's it's important what you said about like you know try not to emulate other people um obviously like i only did like a tiny bit of vocal lessons i did like one lesson with you i did like a a few like ages ago before covid but it was just for like normal singing i can't remember what he said but he said something about if you try and like emulate somebody's voice you can never really get the true projection because it's not your own voice like yeah. you can only make yeah, your yeah, own yeah. voice like as as leveled as it should be obviously i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about because i don't know no, no, exactly yeah. you like you've got to just <laughs> the way to look at it is like if you constantly spend your whole life trying to be something else or sound like something else whatever it is you're never going to actually hit your true full potential because you're never going to try and explore it it's like with guitarists or whatever like that if you only ever play one band song so if you just do covers of lamb of god you can be really really cool at that and really sick at that but you could be an insanely good blues guitarist and never know about it and it's the same with vocals it's like you can want to sound like will ramos or whatever as much as you want to and the insane vocalists and absolutely no slight to them but give a go sounding like yourself give yourself the time to make your own voice and stuff and and you're going to find that you get more out of yourself for, for doing that i think oh yeah yeah i, I remember he, he even got like a, a kitchen lesson from me uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i've talked about it before but it essentially it just ended in in brad making barking noises because at the time i find it really hard to describe to people like how to do it yeah like because it's it's the only i find it's the only instrument you can't a go on youtube and just go how to do this it's like whereas if you know like with guitar it's like how do you play so oh, it's just like this that and the uh, yeah. you know you just you can tell them the notes and what to do 
but you with vocal it's like I don't know, it's just like happening somewhere in here. And like what what comes out just comes out. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Zach Zach does like back-ins for the band. And um it's it's always weird as well because like we have totally different, like we do different styles of vocal. Like he's a fire screamer, I do full scored, and like the sound is very, very different. Um and it's often like, you know, I sometimes I think, oh man, like we should like sit down and do some chatting about stuff and and the sounds whatever. But it's like realistically people have got their own sounding voices and and like as you say it's very hard to tell someone coming from the vocal coach here fucking really not setting myself very well but it's very hard to tell someone <laughs> what is going on like you know if you like you say if you teach someone to play guitar or you teach someone to like play football or whatever like that you can show someone a leg kicking a ball and you can show them videos of stuff happening and it's very controllable and vocals are like totally different like you know i feel like zach and i've had so many conversations about vocals and things before and stuff like that and i don't think once ever we've actually ever tried to do something to change it because really silly it's like in the day <laughs> if you can if you can do what you're doing and, and you're fine with it and it sounds good on stage which i, I mean i assume it does I've, I've not actually heard us play live from an audience point of view surprisingly but um, <laughs> but you know like why why bother trying to trying to funk it all up when you can just stick with what you got i think sometimes it's good, it's good to do Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like agree. so many people, buy just be like, yeah, but I want to be this person. I want to sound like it. Just doesn't work like that. I remember when mm-hmm. I first started, I wanted to sound like fucking CJ from Night Art. Yeah, and like I found so did that, everyone though. <laughs> I found it still haunts my vocals now because then I realized I'm like, no, I want to start. I want to sound like me. And mm. like every fucking time I'll do like vocals, I'll show someone they'll go, sounds like CJ from my art. Like, I'm like, fuck's sake. I see his face everywhere. It's like every time I'm like, it's like I was there, like, right, re record it. I've got to redo it. Fuck off, CJ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of my head. Obviously, it's a great, it's a good compliment, but it's also like I've been trying not to go for that style of vocals. Like, I've been trying to like work on my own. And yeah. when someone just been like, oh, I'm like, I'm finally at this point where I feel like I sound like me. And it's like, sounds like CJ for my art. I'm like, fuck's sake. <laughs> no, it's my man. No, it's, it, you know what? Like, it's, it's, it's like Brad said, you know, uh, if there's going to be someone comparing to someone, being compared to CJ from my art isn't a bad one to oh. be. I spent that being like, the one, that, the one that I've got before is like, oh man, you sound like one of the Muppets. I'm like, do I? Sick. Thanks for that, man. That's not condescending <laughs> at all. Like, I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask as well, because I think one thing that's really notable about you guys is like you, your marketing game and your, your graphics design skills are really immense. I think like the way that you market yourself is amazing. Like, do you put like a lot of thought into that when you, you know, deploy whatever you post or is it something that you just naturally just come together and it just happens? See, I, I feel like I'm just stealing all of the thunder here because I, I do all that as well. Like, well, I, I could just make up like, nah, Zach does all of that stuff, man. Why don't you talk about it? But yeah, I do. I do all the graphics stuff and things like I am. I've just started a new job and that's like a part of that job as well. I've been doing it for ages. It's like kind of, I I, I'm, I think as a band as well, and it's probably a good way to like tie Zach into the chat is like, we're very keen on the kind of, if you can do without outsourcing something and you can learn it yourself to do it that way. So, you know, I started doing the graphics when we had our first ever show when we were like 16 years old and made some shit poster on Snapchat. And that autonomy and, and self kind of, you know, drive with it has led to me learning how to use like Photoshop and all that sort of shit now. And so I do all that kind of stuff. But there, there's a lot of planning into it. Zach will know because I'm the one that's fucking spam messaging him like, make sure you post this, make sure you do this, I read all this kind of stuff. But yeah, we we, we try and put like a good amount of, of plan into it, I'd say. And I think we're all at the level now as well, where like Zach can speak to this, that I think we're all kind of aware of what it takes consistency wise and like branding wise to, to stay professional. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think one thing that comes into that is that we're all like 
first before we're musicians we're all music fans like so we see what other bands are doing in terms of like social media so that's you know i think like the one thing that uh is good with our social media presence like the one thing that ties it all together is that we're all so like cohesive with it and we all kind of follow the same plan um whereas you see some bands that have just like god awful social media presence and it's just like you see it and you're like like no stop <laughs> and it's have, having that kind of like critical view towards it that we've all got i think helps it a lot yeah i think that's why i look at you guys i'm like you're doing everything right like it's, it's satisfying to see because you know like so many bands even bands that you wouldn't expect like that you know quite legacy bands like the social media game is just not not good but i think like marketing is so important um obviously i do my, my main job is marketing so like when i see it i'm like yeah you got it it's pretty sick <laughs> nice man i'm glad you said that because that's literally like well that's half of the job that i just started is in marketing so i'm glad yeah. that another professional has told me what i'm doing is right because otherwise i'm going to be getting sacked pretty soon so it's good to get that validation in there so i, I appreciate that <laughs> yeah i think like it, it is so important to keep up with that stuff because like i've seen so many bands where it's like these guys sound great but their social media is like presence is just dog shit but mm, it's yeah. there like you, and then like you you know like, they'll be a good friends where it's like oh um why is it it's not getting any traction i'm like it's because you're not throwing it out there to get traction you're just hoping that someone's gonna find it you know like you're yeah. not really pushing it um and i i think that's where a lot of people sort of go wrong um i i always used to think i well i always say now like, if you're in a band you're not just making music you're also like a multimedia distribution company essentially yeah, like, there's yeah. videos fucking graphics yeah. there's everything that you've got to push out and be good at as well Mm, definitely and it kind of sucks in a way it's like you know i want to just be able to do the live shows and and stuff like that and that would be really cool if i could just live my life only doing that you know rock up play the gig go home and it's done but like you say in this day and age if you want to make it you have to you have to be savvy with all the other aspects of it and you know we're all owning that stuff as well and i think we're like a really cohesive unit as a band like i'm i'm quite keen on that the marketing side of stuff the graphic side of stuff with these sort of things a lot of planning zach does well zach is way more adept with using kind of like demoing stuff daws getting this kind of stuff done on like a you know pr production of the music basis and it's not very hard compared to me seeing as i i literally opened like reaper once and had a breakdown so you know we're talking <laughs> we're not look looking at very high kind of standards here but like zach's zach's got that jude's really good with all like the kind of stuff with our van and things and getting that all sorted uh, the tax the grown-up stuff you know making sure we're all above board on that uh niall's just a sick fucking drummer and he's just good enough at that and probably the best musician this band to the point that we don't need him to do anything else because he's he sort of carries us in that way like when we started we literally we were so bad but Niall was so so good and it's like if it wasn't for that we would be a band so he's kind of got a get off free card and also you know him and Zach like you guys both do crewing so that that side of stuff and, and live yeah. shows is covered like as a unit I think we we stick pretty well I mean unless you disagree Zach which you you might just say no nah, fuck you you're wrong no I mean <laughs> you're you're right I think it's it's definitely a good kind of mix of skills that we've got that means we don't have to outsource as much as a lot of other bands do and we're kind of just like on the same wavelength about what we all can do and what we all kind of bring to the table other than the instrument that we play yeah i respect that a lot to be honest i think it is like a little company you know everyone's got their own yeah. little sections and it all helps to make like the company grow <laughs> um but yeah it's completely important you know because i think 
if you've got like a band and you know not everyone's pulling the weight and i think it brings the whole thing down um so you know the fact that you've all got you know not only the instruments that you play but you've all got set roles as well it's super good it reminds me of like when i was speaking to when we were both speaking to malevolence like you know they do everything themselves like they don't outsource for anything and they're fucking successful as hell now so yeah. i'll, I'll yeah, take I that think... comparison very happily bro yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah i'll take the malevolence comparison any day of the week yeah <laughs> No, you guys have got the work, the work ethic, and I think that's like the main thing. Thank yeah. you, man. I mean, Zach, what's your what's your Facebook description again? Like speaking of calling it a business, what your or is it your Twitter? Your like role is like or your job is like CEO of distribution or some yes. shit. Like <laughs> some shit like that. That is fucking sick. <laughs> like, even like, well, Kublai Khan, they do that as well. Like they yeah. do it to like a, like an insane that like standard as well. Hey, <laughs> on like, on all the tours, I literally I literally saw this on another podcast today. So on all the tours, they do all their own driving, they do all their own merch, and it's just ridiculous. Like they they did um, I think it was Warp Tour, which was like six weeks, doing their own driving and merch, <sighs> where they'd be doing like twelve hour drives. That's punishment, so, like, man. Yeah, yeah. The, and the guy who does the podcast is like the guitarist for Hamsway, and he said every single show you'd see Cub like I'm just like exiting the venue like with all the merch that they've just sold like just tried selling and like they're getting in the van to do a 12 hour drive yeah man like it, it's it's fucking ridiculous like it's a grind but... man it is a grind like i I'm, i've been lucky to I, I work with harbinger doing like merch managing for, the, for them a lot and they've got a crazy crazy good merch setup so their their ability to create really in-demand merch and to have such a great range allows them the and, and also the level that they are you know they're, they're getting to become a really well-established band and you can have them for a while um and they because of that work that they've done they have the ability to like hire people like me to, to merch manage for them but it is like a if you haven't got that set up and and or necessarily you know as as well established of like a merchandising kind of like I don't know operation as bands like they do it's financially just like hemorrhaging to to spend money on crew whether it be like stage techs or merch managers and things like that um so it is like a genuinely for some bands the only viable way is to do it fully diy which is what we do i mean we, we take friends out to to merch manage like i make riley shout out to him he does it sometimes for us and you know like our girlfriends do it at shows sometimes and things like everyone kind of chips in and stuff which is great but on a kind of touring level like we try and keep costs to an absolute minimum and you know Jude will tell you about the drives. It's not quite twelve hours for Jude, but he does three and a half hour drives, and that's enough for him. So it's a so it's long. a bit of a yeah. trek, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, it as well. The amount of money you can save from just doing that, like you don't have to pay like someone to do merch for you. Don't have to do you don't have to. If you do everything yourself, the amount of money you actually get from doing that that gig goes a lot a lot longer of a way. Um. So I think it is like when you. Uh, like if you get up to sort of that size where you're like a giant band it's like money's no object you know yeah yeah sure but for a lot of bands i think like it's just hemorrhaging money if you're just going oh well we'll pay someone to do it it's like nah nah, dude (laughs) yeah for sure for sure man it's a it's a hard balance to get but you know hopefully we'll be at the level at some point where because of doing it now and because of putting the work in now and doing the grind now and not spending the money you don't have to now you can then afford to later down the line which is the way oh, yeah. that i think is, is the best way to do it i mean there's a lot of bands that that we see and I mean, zach zach cruz for bands and stuff like that so he'll know as well it's like there's a lot of outgoing costs for bands and being able to limit them um to only the necessities is super important like you know um doing cruise for I, I put a festival on each year called marine metal like a charity festival and zach crew for that with a load of other really really sick crew members last year and that was like 
we needed those people there. They were kind enough to do it like voluntarily, voluntarily for their own time because it's like a charity event, which is awesome yeah. of them. Um, they were absolutely sick and they made the day go so much better. Like that's a necessary cost for us at this stage. Uh, we don't need to bring three, four crew members on tour because mm. there's no financial way that's viable. And also we ain't got that much equipment either. So it kind of works out, but um, yeah, balancing those costs and stuff at this kind of early stage is important. Obviously saying this, like, Please hire Zach. Make sure you hire him. He's yeah, I was going to say, this is like the worst ad for my services. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's asked people to skip like that certain section of the podcast. Just yeah. like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I did merch for like uh, a few of my mates' bands. And like that, you know, respect to any band that does their own merch because that was like a tough day. Especially did you deal with many punishers, man? You know about you, is that what you just you use the word punisher as well? Right? That's like kind of the universal term for for that. You uh, bro, we, we we there are a few guys that I've met before. I won't I won't drop places in case people are listening that get upset by it. But there there are places that we have visited on tours where like the punisher has been there and they fucking just <laughs> destroy your will to live, man. It's like buy a t shirt and have a chat. Please don't ask me to fucking listen to your life story about why your mum's dog's fucking got a gammy leg. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Mate, the, what made it more complicated was, like, because I had no intention of doing the merch for, like, more than 10 minutes. My mate went, can you watch the merch for, like, 10 minutes whilst I go outside? Sound. Get to the merch table. Card machine's gone because he's taking it with him. Change is gone because he's taking it with him. So I'm sat there. Being like, and people are coming over. I'm like, have you got exactly fifteen pound in cash? No, you can't have a t-shirt then. Why? The guitarist has fucked off with everything I need <laughs> to be able to sell you the t-shirt. So, yeah, unless you've got exactly fifteen quid, mate, I can't do anything. And I was, I, I was like making notes on my hand, like about amount of people that I've had to turn away. I was like, see, if you give me the fucking card machine, you'd have got this <laughs> many people. <laughs> <laughs> <a t-shirt>. <laughs> Honestly, I was few. I was just sat there like. I had the same conversation like 90 times like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry mate <laughs> it's just so awkward hey but there's us at Blondies man like we uh we did this headline show at Blondies in, in London to like start this year and it was it was brilliant like awesome awesome show um this literally this room was like two capacity it was fucking tiny man like average living room is like bigger than this this venue floor space was so it was like carnage and um the show finished and i do most of our merch sort of stuff and um so i went to the merch stand to try and sell shirts and literally like getting through to like 10 minutes it was like so difficult just like squeezing through people and um i was like i want to go outside uh take a break whatever like that and took the card machine with me in my bag and then every time i need to buy a shirt you have to fight your way through like basically it was like imagine putting like 70 people in a cupboard and it was like, go from one side to the other. It was basically just that. So I'm there like with this card readers for like one bar of battery left. Like, I've got to get us to the other side of this room for whoever's doing the merch. Um, or like, I remember Jude. Jude's a very tall, shouty kind of guy. So he stood on one end of the venue and Zach will be able to appreciate how abrasive this was. Just going, Jasper, Jasper, card machine, card. And I'm trying to fight my way through walls of people with this <laughs> shitty little side of my hand just to get to the end of it. And I get there and they're like, oh no, I've got cash. I'm like, oh, fucking you are joking, man. Like, <laughs> breaking my brain. But yeah, I can, I can, I feel you on that one, man. It's a, it's a great job to do and it's fun. Like, I love doing it. Like, like, especially with Harbinger, man, those guys are, are legends and it's always so fun. But it is, it is uh, not as easy rock and roll as I think some people probably assume it is. Oh, yeah. If a band ever <laughs> asks, so I'll never say no. Yeah. Like, that, that experience, I was just sat like, this is bullshit. <laughs> 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 I was like, <laughs> like you could have just given me a card. 
just like a couple <laughs> bits of change. I would have made, would have made the world, but yeah, yeah, I'd never say no if anyone ever asked me to do it uh, again because it was it was fun. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you as well: you've got your new EP coming out, the Wretch DP. Uh, it's in March, isn't it? It's coming out. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, March seventeenth. Uh, so, what was like the writing process for that EP like, and how did it sort of differ from your previous like sort of releases? Um, it was pretty much just like a complete step up from the writing process from the last EP because um during the for the writing sessions for the last EP I was also I was doing my A levels at the time so I couldn't really like fully contribute to it and it was also during lockdown um well I think it was during like the start of the lockdowns and um so it was a very kind of difficult thing to navigate um, but then by the time we started writing for this EP and we started doing that a very, very long time ago, like probably October 2021, something like that, that we started properly writing. And we just kind of, I think we really found the process that works for us. So a lot of the time it would be me and Niall would sit and kind of write out structures and write out the kind of skeleton of the song because that's what we kind of did best and I'd have like riffs and stuff to put in and then me and Jude would meet up and fill in the gaps wherever they might be uh, and then Jasper would be kind of doing nothing <laughs> literally but, uh... not contributing in any way at all basically. well you'd be like obviously writing the lyrics but then also a kind of because obviously Jasper isn't a musician in the sense of plays guitar or drums. Fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> man. You're not a real musician, man. Um, but I'm you... the same, mate. I can't do shit all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can do it. Shout for a bit and then fuck off. Yeah, like, yeah. It is like a... always good to have someone that kind of, because it's the closest we have to like a listener's ears because you're not listening to it in terms of how you play it on the guitar or how you play it on the drums. You're just listening to it as a song. So as a kind of final quality control before we decide okay that's the song it was it was a good like measure to just have literally just jasper listening to it and thinking does it flow as a song because it's easy as a guitarist to sit and get kind of wrapped up in all the riffs and all this whatever and not think in terms of the whole picture but i think with that process um that we mostly stuck to and are sticking to in future just made things go a lot smoothly uh, a lot more smoothly than they did in the past and it just meant the whole ep has a way more cohesive sound than the last one in at least in my opinion um so i think it was just a kind of big step up and we just did it a little bit more professionally yeah absolutely i mean to be fair i really like the sound of the new the new single um i wanted to ask you like you know so you've got the the ep the fatal flaws of mankind um, you know, I feel like you guys have got this sort of futuristic deathcore sound, but it's also got like some real bounce to it. Like it's it's got the groove. Like I was like listening to it on the way to work this morning. I was like, you know, I could I could get down to this. <laughs> like, it's really interesting. Like, how did you like land on that sound? And like, you know, obviously the new EPs on the horizon. Like, how does it differ from that? Do you think there's like a lot of like new elements thrown in as well? I mean. For the for the first EP, I think that sound kind of came about just because at the time we were listening to quite different stuff from each other. Like me and Jasper were listening to like a lot of deathcore and then Jude was more in the kind of proggy 
metalcore side of things and it just kind of came together in a in a way where it was like heavy but still had that bounce but I, I think with the new EP there's a lot it's a lot less kind of bouncy and it has a lot less of the like metalcore the kind of like new metalcore influence we had in the last one but it still has that like groove because regardless like we all listen to we all still listen to like different music but the kind of underlying thing that's in all of it is just like groove um and that's just a big a big part of it and it's uh it's a lot heavier the new ep like it's big it's big riffs man that's the thing i yeah, think we, just we switched bigger. out a lot of the bounce for just big riffs like the, the type yeah man oh, the, yeah. the title track nothing more wretched has got this like minute and a half long riff at the end of it which is i, I remember the first time i like, hearing <laughs> it kind of like remotely mixed like actually just melted my brain it's, it was just like <laughs> kind of i i like i'm really into my sugar but mainly because of the kind of like just ignorant heaviness of it same as like black tongue that sort of stuff where it's like you get that drop tuning and and the constant repetition of riffs and things i think it's just really like a there's a cerebral effect to it so yeah. i think this ep we definitely made like a conscious effort to to stick riffs in that stood for themselves just in terms of their like brute force and we didn't cut them we didn't make them little features like they're a real prominent part of the of the music like the the final track on the ep has got this just a huge long guitar intro basically and it's just like a real basic kind of riff really it's not massively technical it's kind of a little bit uh, uh, probably maybe i don't really know but it just is relentless and hits and keeps going and that's kind of what we've gone for with it it's just like this kind of a like you say, the, the the groove, big riff sort of sound. And when it comes through like a double drop D tune guitar, whatever it is, it just it is like apocalypse music. It's just like, it's stupidly heavy. Yeah, It's what I, I mean, enjoy I, actually I, about you guys. Like, a, you know, you, you let a riff stay around a bit longer. Like, you know, if you've made a fucking sick riff, then why not let it just, you know, keep facts. on for a few yes, more? Yes, man. Yeah, literally. Because yes. I can't say how many times I listen to a band, I'm like, oh my God, this fucking riff. And I was like, oh, it's gone. Like, yeah, I, keep, I always skip bring back. It back. I always go through songs yeah. and I'm always like, okay, 17 seconds and back 17 seconds constantly because I'm like, oh, that riff's so sick. Why wasn't it there for like two more repeats? I mean, we and it also it makes the writing process so much easier because if you're trying to make like a like a four and a half minute song and, and a minute and a half it is the same riff, you're sorted, <laughs> man. Like it's so much yeah. easier to do. So yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely on the same boat as you, man. Spot on there. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. like you'll you'll create a riff and then you'll you'll sort of like build around it. So like you know, it's like a, a tree and then the branches come out of it. It becomes like more and more interesting as it goes along. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting way to to write music. So I'm excited to hear the new EP. To be honest, sweet man, nice one. Oh yeah, Tribal Gears did that with with like riffage. Yeah, like, they they were full of oh, just yeah. <laughs> fat riffs that just stayed the right amount of time. Like the song with this creature, I will I shall return. Right. The fucking breakdown riff in that track, it just it's perfect, and I'm so happy because they went. I'm not gonna. They like didn't put any vocals over it. They let that that one riff proper shine through, and I was there like, this is amazing. And it, so much I'd skip back the song just for that one section. Like nine. It's like a metal version of a slow cooker. You know what I mean? Let it simmer. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That yeah. is such a good description, man. <laughs> I love that. Fuck yeah, bro. That's that's going food str straight straight in our in our press kit, like the metal equivalent of slow cooked beef or some shit. Nice, <laughs> nice. Please do. That'd be yeah. fucking amazing. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Mate, I think too many people try to over overcomplicate it. Like honestly, like everyone's like, it needs to have a section here, a section there, and before you know it, you've got like a four-minute track that sounds like five different songs. Yeah, it's saying like, wait, well, well, nah, if you condense it and you just look back and go, but does it, does it all work together? And mm -hmm. is it, is it still like flowing? 
then I feel like you get into a better place of writing. It's something I genuinely regret not doing more until like you now where it's like i remember first ever track i ever put it like we put out i'd put like we were like demoed it and in the studio 90 percent of that came out got cut out and yeah. i wrote lyrics for that demo and i'm like <laughs> like i had, i'm sat there just like oh, i'm not gonna i've got no lyrics for this <laughs> and like Jenny, just panicking like and after that i've i've, I've I learned like you need to just if it's good and it's only predominantly made of like maybe a couple riffs what's the harm do you know what I mean like you don't yeah. have to have just mad shit constantly I mean that when we did a lot of our old songs like the old EP and a couple of singles after that one of the main things that made us like at least for me from a songwriting perspective like change things up was when our producer Matt Williams shout out to Max he's sick um, he just said to us, like, a lot of this is just like riff soup. Like, it's just a riff and then a riff and then a riff. And it's like, there's nothing tying them together. It just sounds like, which, and it sounds like you've just recorded loads of riffs on your phone and put them together, which was pretty much the writing process. Um, so that, that kind of advice from him uh, really kind of made us rethink how we do it and put a lot more thought into just, making a song actually good so that's that's why I like like gravedigger like literally half of that song is just one riff pretty much um so it's like we don't and need it's to better get... and it's better than the other half of the song as well which yeah. is why it's, it all works is that like there's so so much of the ep is like basically it's, you know it's like six tracks and i enjoy probably <clears throat> about three minutes of it just so much more than the rest of it not because the rest of it's shit but because it's three minutes of just pure like unadulterated riff central Riffs. and um yeah, yeah. no there's it, it's kind of it's one of those things i think where deathcore and the and the subgenre really fit and i feel like we we're quite good because we straddle a lot of different sounds especially with a new ep i feel like it kind of ticks boxes in different areas but um i think one of the the main things for me is like the the deathcore subgenre, which I guess is where it would fit in the most, is very saturated. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because it's like from a listener's point of view, tons of really sick bands. But um, like you're totally right in saying that part of the response some bands have to try and break through the fact there's so many bands is going to make it as complex as we can and add new crazy ideas and things. And, you know, it pays off sometimes and and it does sound really sick in most cases when you try new, new things. But um there is something to be said, I think. And I think a lot of people that like our band like us because we just do riffs that we think sound cool. And that's the main thing. Like, you know, we were asked in an interview recently about kind of what our band stands for. And the main thing for me is just like, we just want to make heavy, big riffs that people enjoy. People just go, oh, that's fucking dirty. Yeah, that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what we're going for. We're not we're not here to kind of like try and revolutionize the genre. We just want to make songs that, that people listen to and they leave gigs and go, they were incredibly heavy. And that's that's kind of the, the end game for us, I guess. I mean, that is what the listeners want, isn't it? Like, you know, I mean, people and fans of extreme metal, you know, on extreme hardcore, whatever, like we all like the same thing. We just want to a big fucking chunky riff and enjoy it. Like, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It's just like, you know, it's kind of listening to what the people want to hear. And that's exactly it. I have heard people call you guys like the future of Deathcore. I wanted to know if you've heard that and what you think about it. Yeah, oh. pretty, uh, pretty cool. I mean, it's one, one of those sort of things where it's like, you know, no big deal. I, so. yeah, well, the, the thing is for me is it's like, we're, and I think that as a whole, as a band, we're all kind of like, this is like, if something good happens or like we get good feedback, we're like sick. 
let's get it again. Let's do it again. Like we've got a very kind of driven mindset. It's like Zach, Zach's writing process is exactly the same as that. This guy has written like 15 songs in the past like three weeks, basically. Because he writes one, he goes, oh, that sounds sick. And then it's like the next time I go to his house, he's got like an entire album written of just other stuff. And then oh, it's wow. like that, that whole mindset is just drives our band of just like, there is never it's not like it's never enough, but is there's never a reason in our opinion to kind of rest on laurels. Um, yeah. And like, uh, to be totally clear, absolute love and massive props to everyone who shows us time and attention and says things like that. Cause it's really like, it's humbling. And the fact people give us a time of day when there's so many sick bands out there, I think is just like a really, you know, it's a privilege for, from our point of view. Um, if people think that, that we are the future of deathcore, if people are going to say things like that, then I ain't going to tell them to stop saying those things because it's very good. <laughs> but we don't. I don't think we do it for for those reasons. We just do it because we love doing it and, and we're just super yeah. stoked that people also enjoy it. I mean, obviously there is a level of, you know, we, we want to get a, a level of success out of this, not in like a money and fame sort of way, but like we want to keep doing this for a long time and we want people to enjoy it. And part of that involves having to grow as a band. So when you get positive press, that's a big part of it. But, um, you know, we, we just... We want to make our riffs and put them in front of as many people as you can do and go, you, you want more of this? And if they say yes and they say great things, then they can. If they don't, they can fuck off. And it makes very, very little difference to us, really. We're going to keep doing it and just keep trying to make people happy anyway. Oh, yeah. And I think it's great to have that mentality of going, I want, we want this again. Because I find that so, so many people go, they'll get like great feedback and they'll go, they'll just rest on that. Like, oh, that's well, you know, don't want to brag, but in 2009, uh, yeah, I mean, like, we were we were named this <laughs> by this magazine. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, mate. And it's like <laughs> a lot of them just go, "That's the peak," and then like they'll just they'll just stop there. But it's great that you guys have the hunger to go. I want people to say that again. I want people. Yeah. I want more of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, we talked about your music. Uh, I want to ask about your hobbies and interests. So, you know, what do you do in your spare time when you're not creating sick riffs and laying down some sick vocals? What are you doing? I mean, there's there's not a lot of time where I'm not like creating sick riffs and shit. But... <laughs> I mean, if you're, cre- if you're creating albums in a day, then I, you know, I can imagine you have much spare li- time to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like literally all I do pretty much is just like listen to music and make music. Like I've got a, a kind of side project thing I'm working on right now. Um, it's a bit different from beyond extinction um it's a bit more like from the other side of my music taste which is like grindcore and hardcore and stuff like that and i've just been doing that because i've not really got anything else to do <laughs> so well, you've got to clarify well. a bit like he, he doesn't just sit in like a room doing nothing like he's also a student and does crew work and shit like he, he, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't like wake up i don't, yeah, I don't like, have a job fo- yeah photosynthesize <laughs> and write riffs and then sleep like there is other aspects to his life unless actually you do that and you've just been lying to this band i mean for years about his guitar <laughs> oh you're right exactly. now it's pretty much is that because I've, I've not worked for ages uni's not starting up again all i've been doing is songwriting so that's, this man that's is, my free is just time. drowning in the riffs, bro. He is like too many riffs, riffs and he's making more, man. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have any. I mean, I do. Well, I do have the ability to record vocals at home and demo at home, but I haven't had time to do that really. So my, 
I mean, spare time wise, I'm a big football fan. Like I'm always off of football. I'm I'm a sufferer of Chelmsford City FC, who are a non-league football team, and I've been following them since I was like a kid. And um, we are terrible. We never get promoted. Um, I travel to the ends of the country, and I was I was in Ebbsfleet on like last Tuesday. It was negative two degrees. We lost two nil. Had one shot on target the whole game. Cost me about sixty quid to get there and back. Um, it was just like a horrible experience, and I'll be doing it all over again next week because um, for some reason I've just decided that's how I spend my spare time. Um, my <laughs> girlfriend lives in Southampton, so I'm down visiting there. I, I went uni there for three years, so I'm kind of back and forth every now and again seeing mates and, and seeing my girlfriend. Um, I've just started a new job. I'm working for a homelessness charity in London, so I'm doing some fundraising and, and marketing for them, which is sick. Like I did a politics degree at uni and swiftly realised that there is not a single way you could pay me to work with a politician ever because they're just yeah. the worst people in the entire world. So um, I thought I wanted to put it to use in like a, a good way so i'm doing doing work with uh with people suffering from homelessness and it's just like i had like my first proper day in the office and stuff today and it's like a great environment to be around and it's nice as well because having something very different to what you do for the music stuff means that the music stuff always stays exciting um i found like when i got out of uni and i was kind of waiting to find a career role um and all i was thinking about was band stuff i ended up disliking it more than I ever had done because when all you think about is that you just think why aren't we doing this better why aren't we improving in this way you know we were waiting to release music and it was frustrating um and you know you get to the point where you you start realizing oh man I'm spending so much time thinking about the thing that I love I'm starting to hate it and um it's really good to have like a mix in your life so Zach needs to fucking go back to uni and start studying before he hates this music (laughs) soon Um, but yeah we keep it keep it kind of varied like you know it's uh it's good to have a few kind of cards in your deck, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, I completely agree with you. You know, when you, when you only, like, focus on the thing that you're most passionate about, whether it's, like, in a hobby or something that you want to take further, like, the more you just put pressure on yourself to, like, do this and yeah, do this, like, sure. the more you, you do begin to hit it. Like, when I left uni, you know, I did, like, digital media, so I knew that I wanted to do something creative. But, you know, I was, like, all throughout summer, I, like, ruined my summer because I was, like, I need to get this, I need to get this, I need to get this. Yeah. Um, and I had to, I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to get a different kind of job. Did like insurance for like three years. And that really made me love creative stuff because I fucking yeah, love insurance. Yeah. But you so need to like, have that, don't you, man? Yeah. You need to have that like duality of like, you know, it, it's very similar to if you don't gig for a long time, you, because like we, we'll do tours and stuff and we get to the end of the tour. And I'm like, bro, I cannot wait to never play a show ever again. I just want to sleep the whole time. And then you wait two weeks and you're like, man, I miss it so much. And it's, uh, it's yeah. just like that, man. Like we had this show in, in January at Blondie's and it was great. And it was like, that's exactly how we wanted to start the year because we had a tour in December with Glower. It was brilliant, had a sick time, but it was very knackering. Like it took a lot out of us. Um, just, it was freezing cold. We were already ill. Like it was, you know, yeah. um, and then this January show, we had like a whole Christmas off. The band chilled for a bit. And then um, we just hit the ground running in January, did this one show, had a single release. And it's just like exactly what we needed to happen. I think to make us like hungry to gig again. Um, we've got, we're touring in two weeks time. I'm not sure when this will be out, but we're touring in two weeks time with, with winter hotel or a week and a bit's time with winter hotel. Um, doing some shows it's Ipswich Derby Nottingham so just a little weekend with them those guys are sick um that's gonna be fun and then the big one is we've got our uh release tour for nothing more wretched in um March so that's 16th 17th 18th 23rd 24th 25th um we've got Digora come along with that and Sempris and that's gonna be just fucking sick so you have to do the boring shit and the life shit well it's not always boring but you have to do the life shit to appreciate the good gigs and we've got a lot of good gigs coming so uh yeah it's gonna be gonna be fun man Oh yeah, it's such a good point in that because like I I work in, so I'm an IT guy, and it's the most right. I know there's some people in my work that that watch this, so I'm I'm gonna choose my words. <laughs> Careful, Nathan. 
Don't yeah. see your P forty five on Monday. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not that I dislike it, it, but it is. Anyone that works in the that industry and says it's not dull, I question them because <laughs> it is. It is very dull, right? So I I completely get your point because I I'll sit at work and I'll go right. I need to focus on the podcast and I also need to focus on bad band shit like when this is over. So I can hopefully eventually one day I never have to talk to someone about the fucking printer ever again. Like <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, that is that that is in my head twenty four seven. It's like whenever I get a, like a call, it's like it's just so much stupid. Like have you switched it off on again on a, on again? Is it even fucking plugged in? I think <laughs> I need to focus on the music. The <laughs> like, because if if I have to do this until I'm forty, I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you think IT crowd is just a TV show, and you realize it's based on real mate, life. Mate, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. No, honestly, fuck that show. It has ruined working in IT for everyone, right? <laughs> the first fucking thing, I'm not even kidding. I've heard this a million times. The first fucking thing when someone goes, Right, what do you do for a living? And you go, I work in IT. You always go, Do you, do you ask him to turn it off and on again? <laughs> and it, it, mate, first time, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 90th time, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, mate. It fuck it. That show has ruined working in IT. Right, that's the one thing that you always get, and it's like, you know what? Fuck that show. If it never existed, my life would be so much easier. Because then no one would know. Be like, no one would even be like, hey, do you tell ask him to turn it off on again? They'd be like, I don't really know what you're doing that, so I'm not going to ask any questions and just move on with the conversation. You're gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna finish this interview and you're gonna turn off your computer and you're gonna go go into this room. I can see a door behind you, and I bet it's just got millions of the IT crowd box sets, and you're just gonna punch <laughs> and punch until it's just dust all over mate, the floor. Mate, <laughs> Muffled scream even, coming from the other yeah, room. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's not yeah. even an exaggeration. I used to be a fan of the show before I started working in IT. I fucking love that show. <laughs> I hate it now. Like honestly, it's because it's the default answer that anyone gives you, and you're just like, haha, funny. You know what I mean? It's like, it just, what do you want me to say like to that? All right, lads, I got one last question for you. If you're all, if the whole band was in the zombie apocalypse, which member would you least be reliant on? It's <laughs> the easiest question. And ever. why? I, Jasper, you go first. Okay, um, uh, I'm I'm gonna be least reliant on Jude because he played one song and disappeared a knee. So in a zombie apocalypse, I don't think it's taken. You know, basically, if there's a set of stairs, this guy's kind of fucked. So you know, I don't think he's lasted super long. That said, he has got the van, so maybe you could sort of use that as a defense thing. I think personally, because Jude lost the battle physically to him and a riff. I'd say that he probably would be the first one to die in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, his chances aren't looking great, to be honest. Who yeah. <laughs> I mean, would I'd... be the the most reliant? I think Jasper. I, I reckon you'd because you'd just be on top of things. I reckon, like just. I, I, would, I get my general. spreadsheet out. My, yeah. oh, my zombie apocalypse file. Whatever you find this down here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I f- and also I, I feel, feel like... safe when Microsoft Excel is out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's what they always I say. I struggle like, with know, that. <laughs> yeah, you watch you watch any zombie apocalypse movie, and there's always the, the first three things that happen is there's the outbreak of zombies, everyone dies, and then someone gets out the Excel spreadsheet and the entire thing's fixed. So yeah, I'm man. gonna I'll crack open the laptop, get Excel out, get my spreadsheet on how to deal with a zombie apocalypse. And I think we'll all be cushy, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Tagline. This is why people die, because they thought of Excel. Exactly, exactly man. Exactly. Saving lives. <laughs> no, well, listen, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great chatting with you. I can't wait to hear the EP, and I hope on your tour you'll be coming up to Leeds, maybe. No? We're we're going to be pretty close. We're in Sheffield on the 24th. We were actually trying to get a Leeds date. It was between Leeds and Sheffield, but Sheffield came through. But um, like, if you guys want to head to any of the dates, hit me up and we'll hit me up and we'll get something sorted. And if you if you guys want to hear the EP early as well, just give me a shout and I'll, I'll shoot yeah. a link over or something. I've got I've got the power to do that, man. I've got the links set up, bro. I'm organised. <laughs> I've got them in an Excel spreadsheet as well with all the different oh. fucking roofs in it too. Oh. That's me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, honestly, can't wait. I love to see how driven you guys are, and I think that's like such an important factor. Not just being a band for life, like you know, you guys stay hungry, and I think that's going to drive you to a lot of good places. So, yeah, can't wait, and yeah, definitely send over that link. Me and Nathan will yeah, be excited definitely. to listen. Thank you, thank you for having us, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, like, you know, I've li- did a lot of listening to the podcast before before we came on, and it's yeah, it's sick, man. So glad to, glad to be on it. Thanks for having us. No worries, man. Thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. It's been a fun one. Hell yeah. 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 Take care. Thank you. Nice one.